fuck did I go through? Do you know what? Let's just take a moment. This is for me more than you, but let's just take a moment. It's for all of us, actually. Father, we just want to say thank you. That you're in all things. And you know all things. That nothing that happens is a surprise to you. Nothing catches you off guard. Or causes you ever move out of rest. And Father, we ask that this morning, as we meet together and share together, that all the rushing around and the busyness, practically in our heads, would just start to calm and still. That all the things that we've been concerned about and running around, and all the things we're still concerned about and feel like we need to run around and do, Lord, for this next time together, that they might be stilled. Because we say, Lord, we want to see you. We want to know just how much you care about us. And we don't want some more information, but we want revelation into our hearts. As to just how passionately you care for us and love us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to share with you first, and then we're going to do some other bits and pieces. And I want to share with you from these verses in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17. It says this, I desire that you draw directly from the source, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, ignites the spirit of wisdom and revelation in you, in the unveiling of his master plan. I desire that you know by revelation what he has known about you all along. I desire you know by revelation what he's known about you all along. And these words are part of a prayer that the Apostle Paul has written down for, the, for a church in Ephesus, but those words apply to you and us today. And first of all, he says this, I desire that you will draw directly from the source. And that, of course, is the movement through the Bible. Right through the Bible, there was this movement from God interacting with his people through other people, through priests, through people like Moses, people like David, people like the high priest. But eventually the movement is that God meets with you himself. That's the significance of this moment when Jesus dies. And there's this curtain in the temple. And it's a really thick curtain, uh, very, very tall, very wide, and it gets ripped from top to bottom. And the significance is that God is no longer hidden. God is no longer accessible only by one person once a year, as he was before that time. Now he's there all the time. And Paul's desire is that we would draw directly from the source. And of course, I think there's a movement in the Christian faith where we draw from one another. And we see Jesus in one another. We see the idea of mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters in one another. And we draw from that, and that's right. But there's got to be a movement even in that, where we draw directly from the source. And there's nothing wrong with drawing to other people. But as you walk through life, but if those people are not directing you to the source, to Jesus, and you are not increasingly drawing from the source over the time, then that's a bit of an issue because we are meant to be drawing more and more from the source. And of course, all this talk about rest, it's really about teaching us to go directly to the source. 
That's why it's so important. That's why where we're at right now, this whole thing about rest is about going directly to the source. Because we love one another. Really grateful for one another. But our primary aim on the earth cannot be to have a relationship with someone on the earth because that will never satisfy you. It will never be enough. They will never be enough. But the aim, the aim is to connect with the incredible person of Jesus. The whole point is to fall deeper and deeper, head over heels, in love with the person of Jesus. And we do that by drawing directly from the source. And so all this talk we've got about resting, about just being with him, about enjoying him, about being there with him, is because there is a way that you can connect directly with Jesus. Of course, you can see him in other people, you can hear about him, all that, but actually, he wants to connect directly with you. And these words go on. He says that igniting you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Revelation is what happens when something is uncovered. So, so biblically, when you hear about revelation, it's about an unveiling, an uncovering, an uncovering. It's got nothing to do with Armageddon and the world ending and all that stuff. Revelation is about God revealing something. It's about an uncovering. When you have that moment when something you didn't see or didn't really understand, suddenly you see it clearly and you get it. Revelation is when you suddenly see the true nature of something that you couldn't see before. Because, of course, we don't always see things the way they really are. We develop these familiar ways of seeing the world, seeing ourselves, seeing other people that can limit or blur our vision. And here's the thing. You don't get revelation by information. You don't get revelation by trying to get your head around something or by reading about something. You get revelation from spending time with Jesus, from allowing him to speak to you, from asking him to speak to your hearts. And that's why these moments are so important. You see, often when we get in a fix, we're so desperate for a quick answer. We use our incredible minds on, and, and we use our incredible brains to try and come up with a solution. Or if we can't do that, we turn to Google. But actually, actually, the Bible says that God lives on the inside of you and he can teach you everything. All things. All things. And so the test of whether we're learning to rest is whether we're seeking revelation or not. If, you, if you've had some time that you think is rest, the test is what's been revealed. And I don't mean rest as in just kind of watching some TV or playing a game. I mean, I mean this real rest where you connect with your dad in heaven who thought about you before the foundation of the world. Where the one who created you and thought about you and knew about you before you were a twinkle in anybody's eye, you can connect with him in a real way. And the test of rest is whether something's been revealed. Because if you've not seen anything new, if nothing's been uncovered, if nothing's been revealed, then it's not really the rest that's possible. Because rest always results in revelation, in something being uncovered or revealed when you see the true nature of something. That's why it's so important. Paul goes on and says, I pray your thoughts will be flooded with light and inspired insight. Wouldn't it be nice to have your thoughts flooded with light? Instead of them being flooded with the anxiety and the darkness and the worry that they're so often flooded with. Wouldn't it be nice for them to be flooded with light and inspired insight? That you will clearly picture his intent in identifying you in him so you may know how precious you are to him. So you may know how precious you are 
to the Father, to Jesus. You, the saints, are his treasure and the glorious trophy of his portion. And this revelation, this knowledge of how precious you are to him, of course you can read it. The problem is when you read it, you also know all the other things that are in your mind. You know all the things people have said about you. You know all about your own life. And so there becomes this clash. Even now when I talk about how precious you are, for many of you there's lots of thoughts in your mind that tell you that's not true because you've seen the world and you've looked at it and the world says something different. But the truth, the absolute truth is that you are so incredibly precious to him. So incredibly precious. And he wants you to know it. He wants you to know it. But that revelation, it comes from being with him. I've taken a moment to be with him. The interesting thing, though, about, about being flooded with light is that light's not always nice. I don't know about you, but if you're asleep and suddenly somebody puts the brightest light on, it's not the nicest thing, is it? You're like, oh, that's a bit sharp. Oh, light exposes things. Light shines on things. Sometimes... Having light shone on things can be quite painful. Having light shone on our own lives, on the reality of our own thoughts, the reality of our person. It can be difficult. Jesus said this, there's nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. And a lot of the fear, a lot of us find it really difficult to just sit and allow ourselves to be still. A lot of us find it really scary to have a thought that we could just sit and allow our minds to wonder because we're terrified about where they might go. And so many of us are scared of light because we're scared of what's in our minds. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. He already knows. He already knows. He's already fully aware. And the thing is, whilst those thoughts are in your head that you don't want anybody to know about and you don't really want to share about and you don't even want to admit to yourself, they are not doing you any good. They are not bringing life. They're not bringing peace. They're not bringing joy. They're not bringing goodness. They're not bringing grace. They're not bringing kindness. Jesus would only ever show you those things because he wants to bring a different thought flooded with light and goodness. Just a couple more minutes. Genesis 1. And God said, let there be light. There was light. God saw the light was good and he separated it from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning. And this is a fascinating account of the biblical story of creation but apparently after creating light we read this let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate day from the night and let them serve as signs let there be lights in the vault to give light on earth and God made two great lights and then he talks about the sun and the moon and each of these lights give a particular role to play they were to mark sessions and days and years and give light on the earth you see there's light and then there's the sun and the moon and the stars. Because God made light. 
And then four days later, he made the sun and the moon and the stars. And we know there's all different forms of light because there's light that we see. And then there's the penetrating light of Jesus. Just in that there's all sorts of light you can't see right now. There's UVA and UVB that you can't see, but that is when the sun comes out, that he's coming upon you. You see, this light is not just limited to what you can see. It's much more than that. And it's a wonderful thing when we allow Jesus to shine his light and see things we've never seen before. It doesn't always feel wonderful, but really it is the most wonderful thing that you can do. I pray that your thoughts will be flooded with light and inspired insight. And that you will clearly picture his intent in identifying you with him. So you may know how precious you are to him. You are his treasure and the glorious trophy of his portion. And one of the things that I, I wanted to do this morning is just give us some space to allow us to just ponder on how precious we are with one of our problems is that our mind gets in the way so much. It's so full of all sorts of things. But for me, my experience and the experience of many people in this room is that God is very real and that he loves us very much. And he desperately desires to connect because that's who he is. God who loves you and desires deep connection. And so we're going to do a little piece of imagination in a minute. And it's been interesting. I know the kids have been doing this in Impact. We've been doing it in various times. The kids have done it in Impact. So I thought, okay, well, we can do it when we're all together. And what's going to, if you want to take part, then you can do. If you don't feel comfortable with it, then just sit and enjoy 10 minutes apiece. But I'm just going to invite you to imagine yourself in a safe place. And then I'm going to invite you to imagine what it might mean for you to meet with Jesus and in one sense you don't really have to imagine it because it's a reality but it just helps us whenever I've done this I find it incredible what Jesus does one of the impact leaders was telling me they did it with the kids and one of them said he went to Broadway shopping me and Jesus and he held my hand the whole way around and he bought me lots of lovely things Another of them saw himself in heaven, his own football pitch. His name was marked on the pitch. And Jesus played football with him all day. You see, he meets us where we're at in a very real way, if we're open to it. doing with your glasses kids how you doing there okay kids this is what I think we could do are they ready to wear your glasses are they ready to wear do you think okay I think it'd be good if you find a space somewhere either on your own or with mum and dad or somewhere and you can put your glasses on there you go they might help you I'm going to play a little, a little audio. It's me talking, but 
rather than do it again, I want you to do it just this way. And I just want you to allow yourself. Let Jesus lead you. It takes about 10 minutes in total and we'll move into uh, some worship after that. Sam, if you can just, hopefully we'll get it all working together. If you want to move, if you want to sit somewhere else, if you want to sit against the wall or go up on the balcony, sit somewhere else, feel free. But we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you desperately want to meet with us. Amen. Okay, we're going to move into a we call an imaginative encounter in a moment I'm going to ask you to think of a, that if you were to meet God anywhere at all for a one-on-one encounter where would that be a safe place and the purpose of doing this and the exercises is to open yourself up to really encounter him because Jesus promised that father would make his home in us that Holy Spirit would dwell in us and that Jesus would show himself to those who wanted to see him. So I invite you to think of a place where you feel completely safe. Would it be outside in nature, a forest trail or a park vista? Would it be on the shore of a lake or a seaside beach, maybe a mountain top? Or it might be somewhere indoors favorite room or chair in your own home, a cozy cabin or cafe, perhaps somewhere more ornate and majestic as a palace, a fortress or a temple. Maybe it's a biblical venue at the foot of the cross or the throne room of heaven.
just invite Jesus into that place. Ask him to meet you in that place. And be prepared for him to come in whatever shape or form is good for you. He may not come in the form of a Jewish male. He might come as shepherd, as king, friend, sibling, light, fire, wind, water, to picture an actual face but but you can know it intuitively his primary orientation towards you is love and affection is he radiant with delight at meeting you perhaps you see concern and care because he understands what life's like do you see his confidence and assurance that your life is held in father god's hands 
look into his eyes. What would they say? Even though other eyes can communicate. What message is in his eyes?
forever your thoughts will be flooded with light and inspired insight so that you will clearly picture his intent in identifying you with him so you may know how precious you are to him. He says that you were his treasure and the glorious trophy of his possession. Don't feel like you've got to move out of that place if for you you're just enjoying it. Stay there. That's fine. The musicians are just going to come and we're going to sing together.